dropping the hammer. No, you're not. And welcome to Dropping the Hammer with Dale McFadden. I'm Dale McFadden, NASCAR writer for FrontStretch.com and SpeedSport.com. Uh, ready to talk some NASCAR at Talladega and a whole lot more. And with me, as always, is my good friend, John Lofflet. Uh, I'm sure I butchered it. Did I butcher it again? I think I butchered you, it. You, you butcher it every week, but that's okay. Every, every um. There's, there's the title of the episode. You butcher it every week. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. Just like uh, the safety of the next gen car, uh, your ability to pronounce my name is highly suspect. <laughs> highly suspect. No, it's fine. Um, I've, I'm used to people mispronouncing it. Uh, it'll just happen the rest of my life. It's fine. It's La Follette. Rhymes with wallet. La Follette. La Follette. Okay. You, 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 All right. you know, I've been called way worse things. Uh, you know, you could just call me, you can call me asshole and I'll answer to that too. So. Uh, family show, family show, John. We we try to make it a family atmosphere. You know, I we I should. You're you're the wild card. You are the wild card of this I, show. I am. I am. Well, I mean, there's only two of us, so one of us has to be. It's not going to be you, the host of your own <laughs> podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're recording on Tuesday, October fourth, two days after the NASCAR Cup Series playoff race at Talladega Super Speedway, and we do record this with a little bit of breaking news. Uh, Alex Bowman uh, tweeted out at 5.15 uh, p.m. Central Time that with my health continuing to be, to be my number one priority, I will not return to racing this weekend at the NASCAR Cup Series race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. I'm continuing to make strides in my recovery to make sure I can re return to competition at 100%. Uh, he also said that Noah Graxon will once again be in the number 48 Chevrolet uh this weekend after he subbed for bowman at talladega and uh earlier today cody ware of rick ware racing also announced that he wouldn't be in the race as he continues to recover from his like left uh ankle foot injury that he suffered at texas motor speedway uh jj yelly will be in that car so uh that is three full-time nascar cup series drivers including kurt bush will not be in the race at the Charlotte Roval this weekend. Uh, two for concussion, one for a left foot ankle injury that he was recovering from. But he was at Talladega. Cody Ware was at Talladega. He raced in that. But it, because of all the, the, the work that you do at a road course race with the brake pedals and all that stuff, he thought it would be best <laughs> right, to avoid it. I, you sent me the video of Bob Pockers interviewing Cody Ware uh at talladega and he's visibly on crutches and he's yeah. like yeah i'm fine oh, i'm fine i can race like sir are you fine can you yeah. stand on your on your own power without being in excruciating pain well well carson hosevar he did it early this year after he was injured that's true in a race and he wait was he was it was he injured he wasn't injured at sonoma he was injured before that. I forget what race. Oh, well, he was. Uh, it was WeatherTech where he got like sideswiped. He was yeah, out yeah, for a yeah, couple yeah, races, yeah, wasn't gateway, he? Gateway, yeah, gateway. He broke his leg. Yeah, something like that. And then yeah, then he's on crutches the next week. Goes out, gets the pole at Sonoma, and then wrecks. <laughs> okay, but anyway, um, yeah, three, three NASCAR Cup Series drivers are out with injuries this weekend. Uh, I don't think I've ever remembered that ever happening before. Um, 
And at some point this week, NASCAR is holding a crash test somewhere in Ohio to test a new configuration of the rear clip of the next-gen car. So hopefully something that would be that won't hurt when you back up into a wall with an innocuous wreck. Um, but as everyone has been saying, any real changes won't come until next year. Right. So we got what we got, and what we got has resulted in three full-time drivers out for a race, a playoff race Sunday. Yeah, and two of them are playoff drivers. Yeah. You know, and it really stinks to see the playoffs affected like this. And if you're an NASCAR, you don't want this. Like, this is the, the outside of the Daytona 500. This is the showcase of your sport, and you've got two guys who aren't in it because of hits, one of whom, like you said, being Alex Bowman, when you just watch it, it seems pretty innocuous. It seems pretty innocuous, but then but, yet, but, yet, yet he's saying it's the hardest hit he's ever had of his career. Yeah, I, I made a mistake on last week's episode saying it was Kansas, but it had, it had been Texas. It was Texas where he said that. So, no, he, yeah, he's out. Um, so, uh, I don't want to, I'm so conflicted about the whole conversation about the safety of next-gen car. Uh, because, like I said, there's three drivers out. That's a big deal. But a lot of people are saying, oh, this reminds me of 2000, 2001, when, when you had all the accidents that killed drivers, including Del Earnhardt before anything happened. I'm like, well, first off, that was four drivers who died. No one's dying right now. They're, they're, they're getting concussions, which are bad, terrible, could be horrible for your long-term health. Um, but no, no one has died yet. So I, I don't feel like it's a sky is falling moment, but it is serious. So I, I don't know, how, how do you think, John, that, that what should be the t- tenure around this whole conversation? You know, and Denny Hamlin, again, this week, used some pretty strong language. Yeah, um, he, he said that the car needs to be complete, redesigned, completely redesigned. Yeah, uh, and not only that, but he said that drivers from the get-go were expressing concerns and yeah. NASCAR just putting dollars over the welfare of its drivers and again i know he that got him a meeting with the higher ups at nascar to have a discussion perhaps that's why uh danny used such strong language um maybe hopefully to maybe to to get a meeting or at least to you know at least uh force nascar's hand there but on the one hand i get why the nascar moved to a composite body because you want to allow for some more bumping some more aggressive driving where the yep. previous car, where the previous car, if there was a tiny little ding on the tire well, you've got a cut tire, and then someone's a driver's done for the day over a hit that pretty much didn't didn't seem like it should be a hit that should um, render a driver's day done. But at the same time, there has to be some give on the car. The energy has to dissipate somewhere, yeah. and it's not dissipating anywhere. It's going into the cockpit. It's going into where that driver's sitting. Um, and like I said, if you just watch. Even if you just watch Kurt Busch's hit, like, yeah, it's a hard hit, but like with the last generation car, the back end would have crumpled a whole lot more. Yeah. And Kurt Busch probably doesn't have a concussion. Um, not to say that concussions weren't a thing with the previous generation car, because look at Dale Earnhardt Jr., right? So yeah. um, that's always going to, it's like football, where that's yeah, always well, going to be, it's yes, always going to be yeah. inherent given the nature of the sport, yeah, right? Yeah. Sa- Safety is a moving target. Um, you're never going to make it 100, 100% safe. You can make it safer. Yes. But concussions, you're just never going to eradicate that threat. But doesn't it feel 
like there's been like a back step here in terms of safety, yeah. just based on yeah. what the drivers are saying and based on the injuries that we're seeing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, we have never had three drivers miss one race because of injuries before. So, no, yeah. Um, but it's just... And to be fair, maybe in the past we would have if there wasn't quite the the social awareness about what concussions do to us long term. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, props to props to uh, you know Kurt and Alex for being cognizant of that and making what the decision that they feel is right for their long term health as opposed to just one year in the playoffs. Um, and then obviously Cody Ware, I would I would have liked to have not seen him race at Talladega, but you know it's given everything that could have gone wrong at that, at that track um, with, 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 uh, yeah. you know, I thought that we can get to that here in a second. But I thought that Talladega race overall was pretty tame, um, but um, it, it was, I mean, yeah, there's only one large wreck. I don't know. Hold on. How many wrecks was, how many cars was it? Uh, was that the one that involved Harrison Burton? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Like it was like, it was like seven, eight one, cars. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight cars. Okay. So, so this this begs the question: what what actually defines the big one? Like, when when can we call a wreck the big one? <laughs> I don't know. Um, is it is it, once you reach ten that 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 that's the? <laughs> I mean, yeah, double digits that that could be a good rule. Um, also. I don't know. The big one also to me also sort of implies like a critical stage in the race. And like, that was still the first stage. Was it yeah. not like that? Yeah. yeah. So like there's still plenty of racing left to do also, like if it takes out, like, I know it's, I know it's super speedway racing and anybody theoretically could win one of those races because the nature of that sort of racing, but like if it takes out like 10 cars, but most of them are back markers, are we going to call that the big one? <laughs> Like, say there's a 10-car pileup, but, like, all 12 cars that are still in the playoffs are still fine, and they can go on. Are we going to call that the big one? You well, know? you had Harrison Burton. You had Austin Sendrick. You had Joey Logano. So, two of those three are playoff drivers. You had Ty Gibbs, uh, Justin Haley, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Noah Gragson, and Justin Algar. So, you had a wreck with th- three three back three replacement drivers. Uh, Noah Gragson in the 48. Um Ty Gibbs was in it as yeah, well. Yeah, Ty, Ty Gibbs in the 23, yeah, and uh, Justin Allgaier, who was taking over for Gregson because Gregson went at the 48 instead of 62. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, other than that, there really wasn't much action on the track in terms of in terms of cautions, which, you know, is good. I'm glad this was, by and large, a clean race. Like I said last time, I just wanted a clean race to talk about. I, I wanted to talk about... Yeah. You know what happened on the track not you know drivers in the hospital um although the truck series race had that scary incident yeah. um yeah but you know by and large i thought it was a pretty clean race it seemed like the drivers were behaving themselves it seemed like there was this understanding among the drivers of like hey let's get through this let's get one good race under our belt get to the roval put some of this stuff behind us and let's not drive like a bunch of jackasses <laughs> yeah. well even the day before that the xfinity race was pretty pretty tame very fun to watch had a great finish and no one wrecked i was like all right if they can do it the cup guys can do it <laughs> right right and, and and it was i was glad to see it like look we had a same same deal here with the cup guys you know it was a close competitive pretty exciting finish um that didn't result in i mean wasn't it the spring race where like someone came in fourth place going backwards 
because Eric Jones mistimed something in the in the trioval and it all led up to the finish line and there was a big accident as Ross Chastain oh, yeah, won. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, I mean, there was a, a big wreck coming to the finish like, line. Like, didn't Almirola come in fourth going like backwards? Maybe or something Maybe. like that. I don't know. I mean, like we didn't have that this time. Like everyone was going forward and start finish line. So no, like um, Bubba Wallace was in that wreck and he's he, it was a hard hit for him and he said, I don't think I could take any more of those or something something to that effect. Yeah. So. But but he yeah. was visibly he was visibly shaking when he got out of the car like he had like, get, like he was like hands on his knees like get the wind knocked out of him yeah i remember that so yeah none of that it was a re- re- like what i found interesting was like neither lane when, when the cars would get to, to two lines no one had an advantage it mm-hmm. was just like the seesaw back and forth and like at, yeah it was just yeah that was just nice to see it was just ni- nice to see they never really I think there there was a brief time where they almost got completely single file, but there was like a few outliers down at the bottom towards the back. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there was a nice give and take between both lanes. And then when they did try to go three wide, that's when the Harris. That's one. That's when the Harrison Burton incident happened. But also, I think that's another reason why we didn't see another big one. Because if we would have saw three wide racing, then by all means, I think we would have gotten a pretty serious accident. But I think the fact that these cars necessarily couldn't do that three lane, uh, that three wide racing. It was just back and forth, sort of, you know, like a, like a, what, what's the roller coaster ride? The sidewinder? I don't know. There's like some roller coaster where it's like, it's like, or is it, is, is, is it the dragster where it's like, it's literally like competing like tracks where you, like, they have two separate cars going at the same time along separate tracks. Anyways, um, but that's kind of what it felt like, but it, it had this, it gave the, it gave the race like a, a really nice rhythm to it. Yeah. So and and then, then we didn't we we didn't get a second big one, but we did get a very weird caution to set up at the end when Daniel Hamrick's car. You apparently I don't know if he was pitting, but he was on pit road and his car just stalled in the final pit box. And then there was like a fire <laughs> in the grass in turn three that was never explained. Like I don't know how that happened. It was, ne- it was never addressed afterwards that I, that so, I- <laughs> some guy in an RV shooting Roman candles off the roof or something. <laughs> Chase Elliott! Yeah! <laughs> He's got his Hooters hat on. You know what? Good for good for this fictitious character we just came up with. Um we're gonna call him Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel Elliott. Um what if um wasn't there a guy? Wasn't there a pit crew member? Was it was it the Xfinity race that got his hard card taken truck away race, because he truck tried, race. yeah the truck uh, race so, uh, on Haley Deegan's truck? Like yeah. he went out into the grass to get a tire on during green flag situations, like even yeah. yellow. That's still not okay. Like what did he just? Did he just? Did we he, find he out had, more information? He had hard on that? car pulled and escorted from the track. <laughs> so I was like, which I that sound that seems excessive to me. But multiple people told me that's standard operating procedure. Really? I've never seen yeah. that happen. How is that standard but, if it's never happened? But so. like, I'm sure it's somewhere in the rule, but at the same time, yeah. like how, like who, who did he just go under his own gumption? Did he get like, uh, did someone on the team tell him to do it? And he just did it. I like, don't know. Like where I, I want to know more, like, how does that happen? It seems obvious that that should not happen. Like, how did that happen? They had, yeah. It, <laughs> And then on Haley, so like what was Haley Deegan just down a crew member? Did they or did they suit someone else up and I'm put sure them over the wall the rest had, of the race? I'm sure they had someone else that to help. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just so bizarre. I there's guy, it's, it's, I don't know. Give me give me a thirty for thirty on that guy. 
like a 30 for 30 short on the guy that I, went I want a 30 for 30 i want a 30 for 30 on the 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 bat not the bass fishing with the fishing competition controversy over the weekend oh yeah yeah, yeah. the guy that <laughs> he put a bunch of weights in his fish yeah. and apparently they've been probably doing this for a while i'm so. surprised that like he didn't get his ass beat then and there i'm surprised nobody started throwing hands <laughs> Probably because it would probably because that would be assault, and if it's on videos, they'd go to jail. But at the same time, but but give me a thirty for thirty on that. Um, (laughs) So, but no, Chase Elliott won with the last lap pass of of Ryan Blaney. He would I think he had restarted third on that final restart, and going in turn one and two on the last lap, just popped up to the outside in front of Eric Jones, and chugged his way the checkered flag for his series leading fifth win of the year. Uh, his second at uh, Talladega of his career. And after, oh, I want to say, you know, scares because uh, Southern 500, did he, yeah, I think he had an engine. No, he, or did he wreck at, at Darlington? He wrecked. I think he wrecked. Yeah, he wrecked. But then also at Bristol, he had bad luck there too. He, he opened up the playoffs. He, like this whole playoffs really he hasn't really had a, a good day. Yeah. And then at Kansas, he, he or not to Kansas, Texas, Texas, he wrecked. Yes. Um, after losing a tire. So yeah, not, not a great start to, to his playoffs, but Hey, he wanted to tell Vegas. So he doesn't have to worry about uh, the Roval, but dude, <laughs> Ryan Blaney, he, he is, <laughs> he is going to, he deserves a win at this point. Um, but like he, to all the people out there who say consistency doesn't matter under this format ryan blaney's about to prove you wrong <laughs> like winless through 32 through 32 races 31 races uh he like he's second i believe right now on on the, the playoff grid correct he's um, plus 30 plus 32 so barring something just horrible happening to him sunday at the roval he's good he, I mean, he, he's, he's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's just like, that's impressive. That's really impressive what, what he's managed to do going into a playoffs as the only driver without a win. <laughs> like, and now he's like, hey, uh, just, just, just don't, don't want to have a bad day. Don't, don't want to have a bad day at, <laughs> at, um, at the Roval. So, um, so yeah, go go Ryan Blaney, go go you. Um, <laughs> Michael McDowell finished third. That's his twelfth top ten of the season. He he had twelve top tens total over the previous four years. Um, so and uh, is, is it has it been confirmed that he's going back next season? I mean, I would imagine he is, but I don't see why why he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah i mean like um, i just know i don't know where, said, i don't know where he's gonna go if otherwise i just know that he says that he has you know every year it's just a one-year deal for him but like if you're if you're front row motorsports like why would you let him go no yeah, yeah he's had a career year i mean he's certainly silenced a lot of the some of the critics he had from you know winning yeah he won the 8500 last year but then kind of sort of fizzled after that but this year he's been really really strong and honestly um we talked about his season a couple episodes back where like if he's not in the top 10 he's finishing like below 20th and if he just had a bit more consistency he's maybe a, he would have he finished 11th at darling right no something no, no. like that yeah 
but like outside of like the the chaos that is this year where yeah. almost everyone gets a win in an otherwise normal season he maybe he makes the playoffs maybe uh, like well he's tied with top 10s with Denny Hamlin Daniel Suarez Eric Jones <laughs> so like that I mean I, that's both indicative of how his season is going but also indicative indicative of the kind of year Denny Hamlin has had that where he right. only only has 12 top tens um so but, but yeah um and that we're going to the Roval where the only road course race this year that McDowell hasn't finished in the top 10 at was Coda um so and he's been qualifying good at the road courses too um and then you got Ross Chastain he, he finished fourth at Talladega he's good on the road courses um then you have denny hamlin he finished fifth toyota is in general haven't been great on road courses this year no so um but again he's just one of those guys he he said after the race sunday like i just gonna go have a clean race and don't blow up so because hamlin is plus Plus 21 plus 21 um and alex bowman unfortunately uh, he's 12th on the grid, but he won't be able to advance. Uh, we got Christopher Bell minus 33, William Byron minus 11, but his penalty hearing for his incident with Hamlin at Texas, that's Thursday, so that could conceivably change. Um, so right now, first one in is Chase Briscoe at, at zero. Yeah, Briscoe him, him, and Sindrick are tied at zero. Yeah, so, um, but right now, top, top, top eight, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, Jenny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, and Daniel Suarez. Um, so you could conceivably have all of Trackhouse Racing in the round of eight. So I don't think anyone really thought that that was going to happen. No. <laughs> so, no. No. Uh, Kyle, um, Kyle Larson. That's, that'll be interesting to see. Plus 18. Hmm. Yeah, the, the Roval is such a wild card race. Um, I mean, even going back to the very first race, uh, with that classic finish between Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex, um, I just, I it's as a fan, it's really fun to watch. I've, I've always enjoyed watching the Roval. Um, and even the one year where it was just a monsoon down there, that was, that was a really fun race. Um, and then also the year that Chase Elliott crashed and still came back to win. Yeah. Um, it's always been a really fun race, but at the same time, it's just like, you, it's, I guess that's just, indic- I think, I guess that's why NASCAR went to the Roval and made it a playoff race is because like every year I'm just like, well, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> That's, like, what just, want. That's what you yeah, want. That's exactly what you so... want. But like, it's a good way. Cause like last week for Talladega, it's like, I have no idea what to expect. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to this week. Gonna... It's like, we have no idea what could happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think they've gotten the, the perfect cutoff races with Bristol Roval Martinsville, even though the, the doubts around, the quality of short track racing with the next gen car, I still think those are the races that you want to be the cutoffs. Um, so, uh, and like the Roval has typically been a split screen affair uh, the last couple of years. Right. Um, so, but going back to Chase Elliott w- winning uh, Paldega, uh, Chase, Chase Elliott uh, had pretty. W- what are for him critical words uh, for, for, for NASCAR in general and the safety of the next gen car, because, you know, for the majority of his career, 
Chase Elliott doesn't have opinions on anything. No. Uh, he, he doesn't want to be asked about anything. He doesn't want to tell anyone his thoughts on anything. <laughs> his disposition He wants is, to show up, race, get back on his plane, and go home. Yeah, he, his disposition is, I don't have any thoughts about that. Um, <laughs> that, that that's, that, like, that, that's, that's it. That's it. I mean, that, 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 that's his... He, he's a very... Doesn't want to ruffle any feathers um, at all. Just wants to keep to himself. And yeah, as you said, just go, go race. Um, but this weekend at, at Taldega, he kind of just laid it out there. said he thought the sport had taken a step back with the next gen car. And he doesn't understand how with all the knowledge that um, the, the sport has accrued since 1948, that we're in this position with this next gen car. Um, so, and I get it. If, 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 if you're, if you're him, if you're going to give your opinion on anything, it should be the safety of the sport uh because this is your life this is your livelihood this is right nobody wants to be the first driver killed in nascar since 2001 no 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 certainly um and you know i think part of chase elliott being so uh tight-lipped one i just think that's just a hendrick driver thing um driver i I can't think the last time a hendrick driver was pretty outspoken about stuff Jimmy Johnson um, for like the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Back when he had back when he had already won seven championships. Like he yeah. like like what's what's Rick Hendrick gonna do at that point? Um, <laughs> but also I think it's just his personality as well. But like he also knows who he is within the sport, um, and the stature that he has within the sport, not just with fans, but also just the fact of uh, you know, him being a legacy driver and him being a championship driver in his own right as well. So when he does speak out on things like this, I mean, he, I think he knows what he's doing. He's being a little calculating. I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I think he knows that if he does speak up about something like this. I think it shows just how serious NASCAR should take yeah. it. Like you said, like, <laughs> like you said, with your perfect Chase Elliott uh, impression, um, I don't have any thoughts on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he, I'm he gonna is, go chase Ellie for Halloween now, and then like go to a Halloween party at my friend's house. Like, hey John, what do you want? What kind of beer do you want? I don't have any thoughts on that. You know, just <laughs> wear my wear a Hooters hat, <laughs> like some like. So, <laughs> but like, I don't. If I did do a Chase Elliott costume, I'd have to be like handlebar mustache Chase. But I, I can't top, grow Top a Gun Summer Chase. Top Gun Summer Chase. <laughs> I like that. Maybe I should be that. <laughs> when people ask me who I am, don't say Chase Elliott. Just say I'm Top Gun Summer Chase. And people are just like, sure, man, whatever you want to be. Like, yeah, I don't have any thoughts on that. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, you're not I'm even sorry. In, you're, you're not even in a fake fire suit. You're just like, you're. you're <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing. <laughs> you're in a bomber jacket, aviators. Top Gun Summer <laughs> Chase. But wear like a Hooters hat with like, like, like aviator, like, uh, like, like uh, those little like, uh, what, what the hell they call those little microphones they have, you know. I don't know in the cockpit. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yes, Chase Elliott. But he, speaking out on it, safety, good for him. Like did Denny Hamill and Kevin Harvick, they they've said that like one point over the last couple of weeks, they've been trying to get younger the younger generation of drivers to speak up about this. Um, and if anyone like if anyone's going to listen to anyone, it's going to be Chase. He he is the most popular driver in the sport. I I I, I want to put asterisks next to that. Because it's that's ballot stuffing. There's no other way. It's ballot stuffing, right? Right. I don't know, man. Every NASCAR race you go to, just 
I Chase know. Elliott gear I, everywhere. I, Elliott I'll, gear I'll, and Larson gear. All I I tweeted Sunday after the race. I just all I did was here are the tracks where Chase Elliott has multiple wins at. And it's just four tracks and it's two each. And the the tweet just, just blew up. <laughs> just was like, why? What? <laughs> it, it, I don't I don't get it. Um, but no, he's the most popular driver in the sport, and his just stubborn refusal to take a stance on anything before this point has been so frustrating, infuriating. Like, hey, Chase Elliott, they're they're turning your home track into a super speedway. Do you have thoughts on that? Nah, I'll, I'll show up in race. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, I, I'm a journalist. I want, I do want a juicy quote, I, but you know, I just want a substantial quote. Right, or at least someone to, like, engage in a conversation. Yeah, and it's just, he doesn't go there, like, up until this point. <laughs> but no, you're right. Um, I, also, speaking of races where Chase Hill has multiple wins, one of which is the Roval. Yeah, yep. Uh, just Blaney, Elliott, and Larson. So a lot, of, a lot of new blood wins. No old blood wins at the <laughs> Roval yet. Old blood wins. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no veteran drivers won. Although, you know, we're we're Jimmy Johnson screw up away from you know not being able to say that sentence. But um, oh yeah, well, yeah. At that time, both yeah, Johnson and Truex were in their forties. That would have been yep. an old blood win. And then here yep. comes Ryan Blaney. Bullseye. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, as far as like predictions for this race, I have no clue. Yeah, I, I genuinely don't. Um, I just I just hope it's a good race. Last year was kind of a snooze fest, was it not? But that's just because last year just Kyle Larson just crushed everything. Like that was just like. Like, and oh, he, and like, he had a problem in that race. What, what was the? And he came back. What was it? Oh, I forget. I think he had like a mechanical, maybe a battery problem. I think something like that. Where so it was kind of like Elliot's first win. He, he had a issue that's like, there, there's no way he's coming back from that. And then then he's there at the end, winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Chase Elliott win is just bizarre because he's nose first into the wall. Like they're yeah, race his race is over. And the nose is like 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 the like the chassis of like the hood of his car is like visibly crumpled. Yeah. Yeah. Like the aerodynamics of that car is like severely impacted by that crash. And he came charging up through yeah, like, he still won and then goes right back after he wins, he goes right back to that area on the tire pit there, that tire barrier there in turn one and does his burnout right there. Uh that was great. And 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 I don't know how he did did it, or maybe okay, like the, the, the smoke is still like very thick and he gets out st- stands on the, like the door of his car is like so yeah and the car like is still in reverse it's such a that whenever they show like nascar promo shots like they almost like nine times out of ten that clip's always there because it looks really cool yeah it, looks it really, was really cool it was like it it's so like another just bizarre thing about chase is up until the was it 2017 playoff race at martinsville where hamlin dumped him mm-hmm. that that <laughs> in the moment yeah it's horrible for chase elliott but for me big picture is like oh we finally get to see chase elliott show that he cares like him, right. him livid like <laughs> livid like i that that gave him points for me like him like being pissed show, showing he's angry it's like all right he he's he it's there it is underneath the surface somewhere the fire is we finally got to see it he's so, a real person he's not an android made up by nascar in a lab to keep a legacy driver in the sport 
He's a test tube driver. He's a test tube driver. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Um, but no, so. and, then, and then last year at Bristol, he gets pissed off with Harvick. It's like, where, where is this? Like, My, like, why can't we get this on a more regular occurring basis? Well, then like, I think it was 2021 or maybe it was 2020, that spring race at Martin, the spring race at, uh, I think it was 2020, it was the spring race. Um, it was 2020. Either way, it was some race at, Br- at Bristol that was not dirt. I think it was the last spring race that wasn't dirt where him and Logano got into it. Yeah. Yeah. But like Logano was the one getting pissed and like Chase just played it off cool. <laughs> like he just, <laughs> like there's that video of them on pit road after the race where like yeah. Logano is just glaring at Chase as he's like taking his helmet off, getting ready to go talk to him. And Chase is just like taking his gloves off, taking his hat off, taking his helmet off, putting his hat on, getting a sip of water. And like it's like acting like Joey Logano isn't even there. It's, <laughs> it's, what's, it's, what's funny is that situation. I think Joey had his glasses on. So yeah. like he, he's, yeah. he's he's like in dad mode at that point. He just he's giving out the dad vibes. Like this is, and he's just he's not he's he just keep and he keeps looking at Chase the whole time. And like Chase is just that, like he's not even there. It's such, it's such a good clip. <laughs> but no, yeah, it, I don't. I just I man, I'm gonna go. I'm going Ross Chastain for the Roval. That's a good pick. It it, it honestly is. Um, he had a slump have... in the summer. Um, I, I think, but I think some of that could just be attributed to uh, he was distracted a lot this this summer with yeah. all, all, with all the shenanigans <laughs> he was part of. Some of those um, races felt like he was driving with look by look racing while looking at the rearview mirror the whole time. <laughs> oh no, because that was like that was like peak Ross Chastain hate, where he felt like he had like half the garage was just trying to get theirs against him although to be honest at this point i'm really shocked that like like no one's like tried to take him out yet i'm surprised he made it this far and like there's a very good chance that he'll be in the top he'll be in the the, the round of eight well, so like Ham- hamlin said after gateway that he would get back at him when it mattered most well cutoff race playoffs true true but i mean that's assuming that even hamlin and chastain see each other on the track i mean what's denny hamlin's record at the roval uh, i'll look up his I, stats real I quick I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely curious what's let's look up denny hamlin at the roval real quick scroll 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 riveting podcasting all right roval uh fifth 15th and uh looks like that's where's the 20 where's the 2019 roval 19th 19th 15th and fifth so take it for what it's worth uh and then he came at yeah 12th in the first one so 12th 19th 15th 5th so just one top one top 10 i I don't think like 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 i said earlier hamlin said he doesn't want to get in any trouble or blow up that's true like if if he's gonna yeah he's got to be conservative trusting he's also putting him himself at risk in that same situation so i don't think hamlin will do it no i don't Um, think he would maybe maybe it'd be somebody else but i no, I, I genuinely think Chastain gets through this just fine. Assume, like, uh, uh, when I say get through this, I mean, no one takes him out. Like, engine failure or whatever, but I don't think he's going to get messed with here. Not not at this one. Now, maybe the cutoff for the round of four, maybe. Um, but no, I think he's fine here. Um, man. So you think we're going to get two playoff win drivers getting a win back-to-back after finally not having a playoff driver winning race? Um, yeah. I mean. You know what? Um, at this point, this late in the season 
I'm going to go back to what we did at the early, early part of the season. I'm going to pick Ryan Blaney till he wins. <laughs> so, <laughs> at one point this year, we had, uh, what was it? Tyler Reddick till he wins. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm picking Blaney till he wins. I'm just going to stick with Blaney on this. So right. um, who does not make it? I mean, Bowman's not going to make it, but we that still leaves Bell, Byron and Sindrick on the outside right. looking in and Sindrick's tied with Briscoe. It's there are, they're both at the cutoff line. Sindrick's too good on road courses. You'll, you'll make it somehow. Okay. Um, like I said, let's go, it's kind of hard to say because Byron's appeal hearing is Thursday, so then we'll, we'll know then um, what his actual point standing will be going into yeah. the race. Christopher Bell seems like he needs to win. He's 33 points below the cut. Yeah. Like he needs to win or have someone else at the top have a really bad day and he finishes in the top five or something like that. Yeah. It seems like he has he needs a lot to go. I don't mind. So, like, Bowman's out. I would say Bell is out. Yeah, Byron's an X-Factor because of the uh, appeals process we don't know about yet. Um, if he, how many points did he get, Doc? Twenty-five. Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah. So if he gets twenty-five points back, I mean that puts him what, like fifth in the standings? Just, just about, yeah. It put him. I think it put him seventh. It put him just above Suarez, and Suarez would then move down to eight. I think. Hmm. I think that's. I think that's how that would work. Yeah, it's it's really tight. Um, Bowen and Bell, obviously. I agree with you on Cindric. I think Cindric's too good of a road course racer. I think Briscoe will fall out. Yeah. I think we're going to have Bowman, Bell, Briscoe. <sighs> Man. And then it's, okay, and it's... I, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb. All right. Kyle Larson doesn't make it. Really? Kyle Larson doesn't make it. You think he just has a bad day? Cause he's right now he's 18 above the cut line. Yeah. Bad day. So, someone out I of mean... this group, someone out, someone out of this group has to have a bad day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although, did I mean, he, he, bad... won, he won Watkins Glen, but what's he done since then? That's a good question. Let me look it up. That's a really good question. I feel like he's been fine. Like, I don't think he's been terrible. He's just been average. But again, it could be wrong. Let's look it up. Okay. So he won at the Glen, 37th of Daytona, which whatever. Didn't yeah. I think was a mechanical issue for him, wasn't it? Yeah, he was the first car out. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a mechanical issue. Um, and then 12th at Darlington, 8th at Kansas, 5th at Bristol, 9th at Texas, and then 18th at Talladega. So a steady run there. He had three straight top tens. Um, finished, obviously won the race last year. Did not rate, run the roll in 2020 because he yeah. was uh, suspended. Uh, finished 13th and then finished 25th. So man it's 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 just hard to go against the defending champion especially when he's the defending champion specifically at this race um yes i'm gonna have bowman out bell out briscoe out kyle larson out i'm gonna go bowman bell man i like what 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 is there for byron to appeal you know yeah it he said, oh, we think we got some evidence to support our, like, I mean, I think that they might make the stance that the penalty isn't even remotely close to a detriment to, if, if, if NASCAR had been on it, on its toes or whatever, and given out the penalty that they probably should have given in the race, it's nowhere close to what they, the post-race penalty they gave to him. So there's so basically, is he just, is he trying, 
I don't know. Is he trying to argue that all 25 points should be put back? Or is he asking for like less than 25 points? Just give me like the points I would have gotten if I was like 17th or 18th, if I just would have started back at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a valid argument. Um, So I don't know. And these, and these appeals are heard by like an independent third party, correct? Uh, The national motorsports appeals panel. And then, and then like that's final. He can't appeal beyond that. There there is a final appeals officer, Um, but That'd have to be done Friday, probably. Right. So, you know, just no, I'll just asterisk this and say, knowing what I know now, just where Byron is, I will put Byron out. I'll go Bowman Bell. He's Byron. been, he's, he's got a good track record at the Roval, though. He does. Uh, he does. He's led 80 laps there over the last three years. Um, so, he's, uh. he's been a front runner, hasn't, doesn't have to finish to show it. But he has been a a front runner. <laughs> if I put Byron in, and I already and I already say that Cindric isn't in, that inclines me to think that Suarez is going to get bumped. And I don't want to say that because he's my homie. Um, but at the same time, you got to be realistic. Um, I will still just say, knowing what I know now, given Byron pending his appeal, I will say Bowman, Bell, Byron, and then Briscoe. But if Byron wins his appeal, I will say Suarez. I'll say Briscoe, Suarez, Bell, Bowman. That's what I'll okay. say. Okay. What's Daniel Suarez in the role? Let's look it up. That great, I imagine. Well, I mean, you got to take into the... All right, here he is. Um, his, be, ooh, his best finish at the Roval is 13th last year. Mm. Um, 21st, 34th, 25th, 13th. But granted, one of those years was Gaunt Brothers. Yeah. Um, Man, he, he raced four straight years at the Roval, all for different teams, um, which is insane. Um, yeah, not particularly great. And like, he's a good road course racer, but like, this isn't a road course. It's a Roval, obviously, John. Um, so it's yeah. a road course. It's a road course. <laughs> right. But like, you know, it's the only road course they go on that has high banked with, with 15 degree turns. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is something you have to consider. I mean, they're, they're not going full speed up on those turns, but still. Um, yeah. So I'll just, I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll split the baby that way. If Byron wins his appeal, I think he makes it. If he doesn't win the appeal, I think he's out. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, all right. Time for our weekly segment <laughs> of. The Jeff Gluck Good Race Poll versus Rotten Tomatoes. We, we, we need like a musical transition there. I don't know why. And it has to be like the most like, it has to be music that doesn't like match with the segment at all. Like A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. I don't know. <laughs> <what> <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> no, very, very dramatic. Like footage of, footage at 11 music. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, like the Terminator 2 soundtrack. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So good. (laughs) But yes, the Jeff Gluck poll. Yes, Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, this week on the Jeff Gluck Good Race poll. Uh, for Taldega, the race got an eighty-three point three percent, which I was kind of surprised about, given that it was pretty pretty decent race. 
Chase Elliott one, though I could never get figure out where 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 the Chase Elliott of it all factors into that poll, whether it <laughs> whether it adds five points or it takes five away. Um, but eighty three point three percent for Taldega. So John, where where do we are we still tied? Are we still tied? We are still tied at seven apiece. I've gotten five straight. I'm really, I'm really hanging on here. Um, also, by the way, if you hear like random like sounds plotting in the background, like it sounds like a like a herd of giraffes just like barreling through my my office. Uh, it's my dog. She's got the zoomies, and so she's just kind of running around. Anyways, <laughs> um, yes, uh, I went first last time with Garfield the movie. Um, <laughs> so it's your week to go first. All right, Do your John, worst. I am pitting you against the Jeff Good Race Wolf Taldega. Against a movie that came out, you know, just just about twelve years ago, that was about a dream within a dream within a dream, wrapped in a mystery. Um, and if you have any comprehension of movies from the last fifteen years, you should instantly know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm of course talking about Christopher Nolan's 2010 multi-layered psychedelic romp through the human mind <laughs> in... psychedelic romp through the mind human mind. <laughs> that was, that was the title for this week. that's what critics called garfield as well it's a psychedelic romp oh through the human mind <laughs> <laughs> but of course of course taldega good race poll versus christopher nolan's inception oh man so i haven't seen this movie in a very long time i probably haven't seen it like it's, i don't know inception to me was like monopoly like it's a it's a game that sounds fun, but it has a lot of rules, and it takes forever to play. And after a while, you're like, "Is this really <laughs> worth?" It? After a while, is this really worth it? Like the first time I watched it in theaters, I was like, "Oh, that was cool." And the second time I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." And like the third time I watched it, I just turned it off, and I haven't seen it since. Um, yeah, I watched it for the first time in a very long time, like I think right in the middle of COVID in 2020. Um. I remember, you know, liking it. Okay, but I remember the hype around it before it was like, was being was pretty big. Like, yeah, oh, man. so this was also wasn't this his movie between The Dark Knight and yeah, yeah, Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, oh this, yeah, so this was like Nolan at like his peak when like yeah. everyone just loved that dude. Um, I feel like any other any of his other movies you could have released at the same time and it would have gotten like the same yeah. sort of reaction. Yeah. Like, it's not my favorite Nolan. The Dark Knight's my favorite Nolan, and I'd probably say Interstellar. Um, I think Nolan's fine. Um, a lot of his movies feel like really I'm, detached in a way. From what? Like it just feels like there's instead of a lot of Nolan movies feel like he's not telling you a story, he's showing you a story. If that makes sense, like Spielberg feels like he's a magician. Told. He, he's a magician, or he, he, he he's well. J.J. Abrams has his mystery box. Christopher Nolan is has a mystery box with an English accent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But like it feels like 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 Steven Spielberg and James Cameron yeah. tell you a story. Christopher Nolan shows you a story, and I, I feel like it's it's not necessarily right or wrong. I think it's just personal preference. But a lot of his stuff just please it just feels a little distant in that regard. But like that like The Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Interstellar. It's it's really underrated uh, in my opinion. But I like a lot of other, I, haven't, I haven't seen Interstellar since theaters. It's I I love that movie. I genuinely love that movie. Um, but I haven't seen like like Hans Zimmer scored in that movie. Oh my god, it's one of the best scores probably of my lifetime. It's not John Williams. Um, but 
Yeah, Interstellar. Interstellar. I, I feel I feel over the like last few years, Chris Nolan's like bought into his own hype to to a yes. degree. I did, I I I I didn't like Tenet. I couldn't no, I even did, like tell. I, did, I didn't nope. understand it. I, yeah. I was either too smart or too dumb for that movie, and I can't tell exactly. Which one. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. I was like, I have no desire to watch this again. Yeah, like fifteen um, minutes in, I was like, "What's going on?" Like, ah, maybe I'll figure it out. And then, like at the end, of the, then the movie just ended. I was like, "Nope, nope." <laughs> Guess I never did. Um, I, I I liked Dunkirk. I really liked Dunkirk. I liked the I liked how that movie played with structure differently. You got different viewpoints of events happening at the same point, same time, but kind of off in the distance to a degree. Um, I need to rewatch it because I re- I did really really like Dunkirk. Um, um, Hmm. His new one looks looks interesting. Have you seen the cast for it? Just oh yeah, oh yeah, loaded. Oh yeah, loaded. Um, but I am interested in that one. Um, every time I go to a movie now, they play it, the trailer for it, and it, it looks it looks interesting. Um, but yes, Inception. The only thing I remember from Inception. Well, well, well first off, uh, with uh, what's it called? Um, what's his new movie called? Oppenheimer. It's Oppenheimer. After years of having Cillian Murphy play a side character or a bit character in his movies. He now gets to be the the guy, the yeah. character in, in one of his movies, which, so I, I appreciate that. I do like Cillian Murphy. I thought he was a great scarecrow. Great scarecrow. Yes, very good scarecrow. Oh, very good scarecrow. Um, and he was in an, an Inception as the guy who they were incepting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he got like a crime committed against him. Yeah, well. Danny McFadden, well. you stand charged with third degree incepting. How do you plead? Uh, um is, is this like a minority report situation <laughs> the only thing i remember like for me the legacy of inception is the score because it's it was just a great score it is a great score. Well, i can't think i can't think of a bad hans zimmer score is there a bad hans zimmer score hmm. i don't know if there's a bad one I, 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 I did the score for days of thunder so well it gets a lifetime pass yes um, yes the, the, the interstellar like this his score for interstellar does so much of the heavy lifting in that movie um because there's so much blank space because we have you know the whole movie takes place in space so there's so much just blank canvas on the screen at times and the music just really fills it up um, really well um hey, inception uh this came out like i said this came out like peak i have to be 83 this came out like peak like hype for christopher nolan where that dude could do no wrong plus it's got leo in it Joseph Gordon-Levitt back when he was still like a big star. El- Elliot Page. Um, yes. Tom Hardy just before he was starting to take off. Um, yeah, it's got a bunch of people in it. It's it's one of those movies where you look back and go, oh, wow. Yeah, Michael Caine's in it too, isn't he? Wait, who? Michael Caine's in it too, isn't he? Well, he's in all of them. He's in all it's of true. the whole movies. So. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go higher. All right, you are correct. Inception Woo! had an eighty-seven percent Rotten Tomato score. And yeah, man, the, the, the audience and the, the the critic and audience score are pretty close. Uh, critic, the the audience score was ninety-one percent. So I remember when that movie came out like it was like number like five on IMDb's fan list of like the best movies of all times. Like y'all are drunk. Oh, <laughs> that, that same, drunk. No, the same home. thing happened to Dark Knight when it came out. Is that? They did the opposite of review buying and made it like before yeah, dark, no before it even came out. I think it was like, Knights, but the Dark Knight's good though. Like I, you I and I, to, you I, and I have to, our disagreements on that. I, I listened to a podcast about it, 
on my way back from Little Rock where I was looking for apartments. And it, you know, it rem- just look, just listening to a podcast about it, the, the per- one of the co-hosts said, every time I, I get like a few like months away from having viewed it, I, I make myself think, you know, that movie's probably overrated. And then I sit down and watch it. I'm like, no, this, 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 this movie is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm like, I'm like that. I'm like that. I could sit down and watch Dark Knight like, great movie freaking awesome and then like a month later i'll think about dark knight you know what that's not that great it's it's what it's it's uh, it's it's aged probably a little bit poorly and, <laughs> and then just watch the bank high scene like no just, just watch the, just, still, watch the just watch the first six minutes like nah this movie i want i want to watch it in theaters again uh oh, because i saw it so three good. T- i saw it three times opening weekend twice in one day and then i saw it again um on imax a little while after that i've seen so. the dark knight in theaters more times than any other movie i've seen and i think i'm up to 15 now every now and then wow. once in a blue moon every once in a blue moon our state museum uh downtown here in indy they have the biggest screen in the state it's massive it's an imax screen and every now and then they'll play it and i'm always there it's like take my money <laughs> take it um yes incredible movie as for me you know I like this. I like. I like. We can make this 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 segment of podcasts like little like pop pop culture corner. Like yes. So we we can have some tangents and stuff. So, so, you know, as you said earlier, this is this will be the first the roll will be the first race that you can remember that has had three drivers out yeah. for injury, three full time drivers, and you've got two playoff drivers who are out. So much. Uh, there's been so much. Uh, discourse and discussions about what nascar needs to do about you know the can safety I, of the sport can, the safety of the drivers can I, can I guess the movie i want to take a guess at the movie yeah what's the movie will smith's concussion no no okay. no 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 good good guess though i should have done it um no um but it takes a little it feels like it takes a little extra oomph, a little extra gusto to just you know put yourself in the in a nascar uh cockpit these days almost a little bit of bravery Dare I say, a dri- an NASCAR driver needs to be brave, just like the 2012 Pixar film, Brave, which I haven't even seen. Haven't I mean, you're not missing much. It's one of my it's one of my five least favorite Pixar movies. That was the first. That was the first. I think we we talked about this. This that was the first like Pixar movie, I think, where I was like, I'm good. Like, I, <laughs> like that that it was around that point. I was like, I'm 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 fine. I I don't need to see that one. So yeah. Oh, I just remember. I just remember every time, like every time I'd go to the theater for like months, that trailer get played. I got tired of the trailer. That was part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to stop it with this. The first trailer was really good. The first trailer, like the, just the teaser, it makes it look like it's going to be this big, like epic, like you know, Pixar fairy tale. It's, it looks really cool, and like most of the the teaser trailer there's like snow on the ground. Like it takes place during winter time and it looks like it's got like this like bitter edge to it. But for what, what, what I, what I guess what happened was uh, Disney came in and made them change that because they were the year after brave came out, frozen was coming out and Disney didn't want two straight movies taking place in the snow. So mm. if you watch the teaser trailer, it looks like that's the vibe. Um, and then every other trailer, there's no snow. <laughs> the, the movie takes place in the springtime or the summertime. Um, and like I said, in the first in the first trailer, even in the other trailers, you get the sense that, like it's going to be this big quest film. And then, like the whole movie just takes place in the castle. 
by and large like this movie goes literally goes nowhere like this movie has two settings it has the castle and it has like the grounds around the castle which i guess is still the castle and then she goes into like the woods like once to meet like a witch like this movie is really stagnant it's really underwhelming Mm, it's not it's not one of my favorite Pixar films. It's probably my, it's probably my second least favorite Pixar movie after Cars Two. So speaking speaking of Frozen, I, I I've never seen it, N- never watched it, don't want to watch it. But the, the I know the song from that movie, Let It yes. Go, mm-hmm. became like every child's favorite song because I it became and like soccer a, mom. <laughs> it, it became a meme of people like complaining like I can't escape that song. I somehow. Went almost a decade without hearing that song. Like lucky. <laughs> like I consider it like I wore that with badges of honor. It's like I've made it this far without hearing Let It Go. Let's see how long how, let's see how long I can I can do it. I can't remember I can't remember when or where I heard it, but I think I was watching some TV show or a movie, and the characters in it start start singing it and i don't realize what i'm hearing because i've never heard it <laughs> and then at, at some point i realized what it was i was like damn it <laughs> <laughs> well like yeah that movie was just like soccer mom fodder like like i remember this i remember the soundtrack for the first frozen film was on like the billboard charts for like two or three years and like for a good chunk of that it was like in the top 50 it spent a lot of time in the top 10 like you could you that song was so ubiquitous like on its face it's a good song it does it's like a lot of disney anthems it does a good job of like encapsulating what that care what that main character wants for the whole film um but it was just played to death what's your favorite disney movie song disney movie song yeah song song that was made for a disney movie pop song so that's really tough i i that's really really hard can i give you like a short list <laughs> I'll get, it's really I'll give hard you, i'll give you two i'll give you two all right it's either hmm, under the sea okay all right under the sea or um probably a whole new world okay probably those two there's so many other good ones too like like beauty and the beast circle of life i mean gosh just like golden era disney like renaissance era disney late late 80s or early 90s just couldn't miss but like those two probably are the ones i would pick what are you what's yours uh you got a friend of me from toy story yeah but like that I'm talking like actually like like a song that's like used in the movie like for like, like that a character sings like furthers the song like 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 oh, you got the, a friend the of, character like, has to sing it that's yeah that's what I would thought you were referring oh, to oh no I'm just, I'm just saying just a song that was made and used in the movie it didn't have to be a character oh singing well then it. yeah yeah I would go, yeah I would go with if you've got a friend of me yeah for sure but like I thought you meant like like a character in the movie like sing no the song. no no okay like, no, yeah no. no then yeah yeah okay. It's, yeah, for me, it's either uh, you got a friend of me or Zero to Hero for Hercules. <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't pick. I'm so sick, Daniel. I'm so sick of all this revisionist history about Tarzan and Phil Collins. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> what what so, do you mean? What do you mean revisionist history? <laughs> like people, like 
I think it's just because I, I'm not like I was like 11 years old or 10 years old when that movie came yeah. out, and like maybe that's just because that's not my era of Disney. Ch- maybe it's ch- just a- children gather around, gather maybe around the fire. Just, maybe it's just a younger generation the, of Disney fan. The the year was 1999. <laughs> There's maybe it's just a younger generation of Disney fans, but like tar- the Tarzan film is fine. It's fine, but yeah. like Phil Collins forever has and forever will suck, but he just does. Okay. He's not good. <laughs> He is not good at all. Um, and I, 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 there, there's just a level of cheesiness to his, like, I, all of his songs sound like elevator music to me, or like songs you hear at like the dentist office waiting room. I just, I just, I don't. <laughs> okay. There's not a, there's not a single time where I've heard a Genesis song that, that Phil Collins sang on, or any Phil Collins solo song that I've heard where I'm like, man, I want to hear that again. Like, like, I'm sorry, the Tarzan soundtrack's not good. In the Air Tonight is not good. You just saw The Hangover once and thought the Mike Tyson bit was funny. Oh, now oh you think- I was, that, that's what I was, I was about to say. It's like, no one cared about In in the Air Tonight. And yeah. Until that bit in that movie. Yeah. And I was like, uh. Now, yeah, and it's just, I cannot, cannot, cannot stand Phil Collins. I, I much prefer Peter Gabriel who was also in Genesis. He was the singer of Genesis before he left the band and they replaced him with Phil Collins, who was the drummer still at the time. But no, no, I'm just, I'm so sick of the revisionist history about that. I'm so glad if you said, if you would have said the Phil Collins soundtrack from Tarzan, my fist would have gone through this webcam and out your webcam and into your face. All right. That's what would have happened. I haven't watched Tarzan. Sorry to go on that tangent. I have not watched Tarzan since 1999 or 2000. Daniel, so. he got to sing that song at the at the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh wow! Hmm. It was it was Titans Rams like February of two thousand. Oh yeah, that, that that tracks. Yeah, and Absolutely. I think the halftime theme that year was like tribute to Disney, and like since that was like the newest Disney movie that came out. Oh, and the of Super course Bowl was he gets a- to do it. And the Super Bowl was on ABC that year. Yeah, Super Bowl's on ABC. So yeah, but like he came out and did a bunch of Tarzan songs. I'm like God, this sucks. Like even even as a kid, I was like, this is. So I was like, is, is football lame now? <laughs> like, like that's that's just like the vortex that Phil Collins suck. Like anything that he touches, I'm just like, is this really that that good? Anyways, um, and he won an Oscar that year. He won an oh, Oscar really? for best for best original song. Wow. And he be, he beat out Blame Canada from South Park, the South Park movie. <laughs> and so, have you ever seen the episode of, of South Park that makes fun of Phil Collins? They did that because he beat them at the Oscars. No, so he's always every, every time you see Phil Collins in the episode of South Park, he's 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 can't he's holding um an Oscar trophy. And it's the Oscar that he beat South Park over. It's really, really good. It's it's so it's okay. it's like one of the first like four or five seasons. Check it out if you can. It's really good. And like they give him like this really like 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 harsh like cockney accent. Oh Phil Collins. I'm sorry. Anyways, I've got I've gone too long on this Phil Collins tangent. Brave, higher or lower than 83%? Lower. Correct. Yes. You remain tied. It's a 79%. Like, uh, I mean, if that if that was the first Pixar movie where I was like, no, thank you, um, that has to be like their first dud. Though, I wonder what, what is Bugs Life's Ron Tomatoes uh, score? Um, it's pretty good, I think. It's like a eighty-nine. Okay, all right. Bug, Bugs right life. Bug, Bugs, Bugs life doesn't get enough love. It's Bugs kinda, life's it, a ninety-two. It's kind of like that weird. Pixar was still in that weird fr- 
phase of oh okay we've done some 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 toy story movies now what <laughs> so, well it was, it was bug's life was like the first movie after toy story so it's sandwiched right between oh, toy okay. story it's sandwiched right between toy story one and two which so it's is a big mid- reason it's, why it's, it gets... so, okay so it's that middle child thing yeah so. yep uh brave actually won best animated feature what were th- what was the competition uh let me pull it up let me pull it up here we go animated feature oh come on here we go academy award for best animated feature 2013 it came out in 20 yeah for 2012 i'm sorry for 2012 it was brave frankenweenie paranorman paranorman was good pirates band of misfits yeah. Or or Wreck It Ralph. They had three stop motion animated films nominated that year. Wow. Brave, Frankenweenie, Paranorman, Pirates, and Wreck It Ralph. Paranorman. I would have gone. Paranorman. Would be I'd go mind. Wreck It Ralph. But Paranorman's still good. I like Paranorman. I have the soundtrack. I think I, I think I remember seeing that. I think I remember seeing this. Yeah. It's very good. Um, I got no qualms with Paranorman. Frankenweenie's weird. Never saw, never saw that. It's good. It's just different. Um, it's probably the best Tim Burton movie he's made since Big Fish. <laughs> which doesn't mean much because he hasn't made it really that many good movies since big fish um yeah i would go wreck it ralph over that but yeah paranorman is fine too but yeah brave one which mm, crazy that, that, that was the point where they were just rubber stamping it for pixar just... yes yes pixar did, pixar did not win best animated feature again until inside out that's a good movie and they're making a sequel so yeah mm. Mm, we'll see. I don't I'm know. Still, I'm, I'm still way. I'm still way behind on my Pixar movies. I'm so. dubious. I've seen them all. Right, see them they're, they're right there next to. <laughs> oh my! You mean my my Blu-ray collection? Yeah, <laughs> because everything is streaming now. I for the listeners, ever since everything is streaming now, I don't have a lot of Blu-rays like physical things, but I have a few, and most of them are just Pixar films. And they're sitting right Pixar next guy. to right next to Zodiac. Yeah, Zodiac <laughs> and The Exorcist. <laughs> it's called Balance. It's you know, balance. I'm one of those people that judges people by their DVD collections. <laughs> and that's, since yours is just, I don't, it's un, it's, 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 heart- it's unjudgeable. It's like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. It's like heartwarming children's films and then unspeakable horror films. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like I said, all about balance. Um, yeah. Have you seen Turning Red yet? No, like I said, I'm behind. I oh, still it's got great. S- so, so. It's great. Watch it as soon as you can. That's what, what, was, I, the, what uh, was the last, what was the, what was the last La- picture movie you saw? Lightyear. Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, so Lightyear's like, fine. I got to see the, Turning Red. Turning Red and the one before that. Soul. Uh, Luca. Okay, the one before that. Uh, Soul. Yeah, Soul. Soul. Okay. I, I didn't see that one. Luca's whatever. Uh, Turning Red is really, really good. You should see. Do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. You have I'm, no a excuse. Sta- I'm a Star Wars fan, John. What? what, what? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you have no excuse. No, it's really, it's for me, it's like top 10 Pixar turning red. Really, really good. It's, it's, it feels like a Pixar movie, but it also does some things that like a lot of other Pixar films haven't, especially in terms of like animation. Like it really sort of leans into like a lot of like anime uh, mm-hmm. style because uh, the main character, I believe, is Chinese. So it definitely goes into that sort of culture of animation it's really fun does really, that really movie fun. like take place in like the 90s or something like it takes that? takes place in toronto in 2002 why so that specific what well, is there a because it's it's uh the director uh is a 
a, a woman of I believe Chinese descent okay. who want, and she grew up in Toronto so she just okay. wanted to tell a story set around that key okay. part of her life and like there was like a big like TikTok series where it was like people were like someone on TikTok criticized turning red for not like talking about 9-11 because <laughs> they were like this movie takes place in 2002 just like less than a year after 9-11 and no one talks about it it's like shut up well- well, I'll, well, the Spider-Man movie came out in 2002, and I know. it was in New York, and they don't mention it. So, yeah. So. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, that was fun. But yes, uh, watch Turning Red if you can. Uh, skip Brave, not that good. Yeah, I, don't, I have no no intent to, to watch it. So, um, but yeah, all right. If you, if you do watch it, take it. Play a drinking game and drink anytime someone says the word fate. I I remember that in the trailer. It's good to but, change my feet. That's all anyone says in that movie. Um, yeah, I remember that in the trailer. I remember that, yeah. This has been Dropping the Hammer with Dan Fadden. I'm Dan Fadden. Um, the podcast might go dark for a few weeks um, as I make the transition to the next chapter of my life with my new job and moving and all that stuff. So I'm not sure when we'll be doing another episode. So until the meantime, I'm Dan Fadden. With me, John Law. Uh <laughs> I told you I was saying at the very beginning. Yep. It rhymes with wallet. It's fine. I don't care. I'm Jelly Fenn. John LaFalk. Oh, God. Anyway, say, say bye, John. Bye, John. Anyway, uh, enjoy the Roval and any other races we, we might miss over the next few weeks. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll be back for the end of the year. So. Anyway, have a great have a great weekend, folks. Bye.